the Fortress Comic News, episode 243. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my magnificent co-host, Mike. Hello. Hello. What's going on, Mike? Oh, nothing. Just having my afternoon coffee. Um, For those of you interested, I know you're here just to hear Chris and I talk, but we do have a special guest on the show today, uh, returning Mr. Richard Fairgray. Um, Yeah. Yeah, interesting lad. Glad to have him back. Always like talking to good old Fairgray. Yeah, and seeing what stories will come come about. So, I uh, I did a thing today that oh. like only can uh, the Canadian people in the crowd and uh, people up towards Canada will know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you of course know of Tim Hortons. Oh yeah. Did you know Justin Bieber has his own Timbits now? No, I've seen, I noticed, so that's a thing though, like McDonald's had the, had a meal for some rapper and people are doing that. So what's that all about? Yeah. So they're called Tim Biebs. I hate it. So you and Bothy's, is this what you did? So I will say, um, if this is the culmination of this man's, uh, life's work, then I accept his existence in this are they, universe. Are they good? What is, what are these things? They're donuts? So, there's one. There's one I didn't care for. It was like a uh, cream cheese chocolate or something like that. Okay, it was a little bit too cream cheesy for me. Um, one was a waffle birthday cake, which was just delightful. Waffle birth. So what is it like? A it's like a Dunkin' Donuts donut hole. Yeah, like a okay. timbit. Okay. And then the third one was a uh, white fudge chocolate. So it had a white fudge core and then chocolate around the outside of it. Oh, man. It, they're delightful. How do you how do they do that with a donut hole? Like I thought I always thought like the donut holes are like what's left over after you make the donuts. Now they're just like engineering these things to have. Oh, I'm like, sure they've been engineering them for a while. Ever since they became popular. It's like, like well, gooey start the for the donut holes. Yeah, dude, they're so good, though. Oh man, that actually sounds really good. So uh, Bieber has moved away from. Well, he probably still is making music, I would assume, but now he's making donuts. Yeah, I mean, like any good Canadian boy, you know, making them for Tim Hortons. I guess I forgot he was Canadian. So if you wanted to get a uh, a Tim Biebs hat, <laughs> um, it cost you like thirty bucks for a a cheap knitted hat. Wow. Um, but the, uh, the Timbits themselves are standard price. I highly recommend checking them out. They sell hats too, huh? Hats, a fanny pack and a, uh, one of those like reusable shopping bags. Wow. All $30 each, each. That's ridiculous. So if you want the whole Tim Biebs experience, you got to spend at least a hundred bucks. You know, I mean, you know, the believers, I don't even know if they can still call them that are going to be out there buying all that shit. Are they still a thing? Like, I know he had a movie and everything, but mm-hmm. like now he's all tatted up and he's married to a Schwarzenegger and like is really into man. Jesus. So I don't know what's going on with that man. Yeah, there was that whole thing of like he's got some cool like uh, pre preacher hanging out with him, and the preacher's like all tatted up too. I think and like it's really strange. It's some weird <laughs> shit goes on in Hollywood that like people just start hanging out with religious figures, and the religious figures look even. Like more like rock stars than the rock stars do. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, and it, if you're not hanging out with a preacher, you're in Scientology. We're now going to be assassinated because I brought up Scientology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you won't see this podcast on next week, everybody. Uh, I think the moral of the story is people make a lot of money in tax evasion. So, um, and, and buy Tim, uh, yeah, uh, buy Beavers Timbits. Timbits. I. It's just I. I wish I kind of I would I would try them, but I don't think we have Tim Hortons this far east. That's that's unfortunate for you. Yeah. I did go there recently. I went to Tim Hortons and I hadn't gone in like 10 years. It's interesting you bring up Tim Hortons. Um, and I got like the, they had a BLT breakfast sandwich. Yep. That, that shit was good. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was way better than McDonald's. McDonald's is like trash. Or not McDonald's. I'm sorry. McDonald's is good. Uh, I mean, McDonald's breakfast is pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts breakfast is trash. Oh, yeah. Straight trash. The only it's thing good trash. at Dunkin' Donuts is their energy punch because they take the culotta uh, flavors mm-hmm. and then they put like uh, crushed ice in it and then they throw a monster in there. Oh, okay. And that's actually quite quite delightful. And like 300 milligrams of caffeine. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to have a heart attack, but it's yeah. fine. I'm happy. I, uh, I accidentally, well, I got a chai tea latte once from there and I took a sip of it. And it tasted like all sugar. Because um, I didn't ask for any like sugar or anything. I just said chai tea with like, I don't know, whatever. And then I looked it up and it was like 90, 90. It was more, it was more sugar than a can of Mountain Dew, which is concerning for a coffee beverage that I didn't order. Or not even a chai tea <laughs> that I didn't order any, any sugar in. Um, so America does run on Dunkin' and also... Sponsors yeah. all the heart disease and, and diabetes and diabetes. But anyways, um, yep. Lovely, lovely uh, words to follow the introduction to Richard Fairgray. Um, he, he would be proud of that. And he would be very proud of that. So uh, look forward to that a little bit later. Um, he's taking a little, uh, a little turn from his normal realm of uh, all ages books and getting into a, an adult comic book. Yeah. Finally, us adults can enjoy some Fairgray. Although yeah. Cardboardia was very delightful. I don't know if anyone yeah. else out there read it, but it was very good. Yeah, he's he's doing some great shit over there. And he's got yeah. some funny tweets if you follow him on Twitter. Uh, what have I been watching t- uh, TV? Oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is back. Um, Chris, you personally would love the first two episodes. So the first episode is they get visited by a guy who gave them loans in 20... 20- uh, 20 and they go through three separate like groups of people in the bar, you know, the, the whole gang and how they spent those loans. And basically the three that are related to the biggest, like, <laughs> uh, news, uh, runs in 2021 were like Frank ran an underground hair dye, um, barbershop in the middle of the pandemic and that led to rudy giuliani's hair dye like melting on live tv is um, just a real quick is this uh like one of those loans from the the original bailout bill like the yeah yeah the business forget- loans okay yeah yeah. yeah yeah and another one of the loans was for uh oh d and uh oh man i forget who else starts it with her but they start this costume line. She wants to make masks and he wants to make like fur mink caps. So they end up supplying all the, uh, capital riders, um, their costumes 
like the you know the the coonskin cap and all that stuff and then uh, the first the first one was the guys uh they want to start this security club to secure the votes and they end up being the uh because they start posting sides all over of like count the votes and stop the fraud and they're the ones that inspired everybody to think that there was election fraud going on (laughs) (laughs) so the guy was like you want me to believe that you people were you know responsible for all the awful things that happened in the election last year and they're like yeah pretty much (laughs) um yeah it was it was a basic episode i i'll watch these as long as they keep making them uh and then the second episode is uh it's all about so they do lethal weapon seven um if anybody remembers, they made a Lethal Weapon 5 and 6 uh, in the show. Yeah, aren't those episodes like not allowed on TV anymore, too? Yeah, so they, they talk about how the library, their local library had them and pulled them okay. and uh, because of the blackface. And so <laughs> instead of doing blackface, they start hiring black actors. Um, and one of, them's like a, one of them's like a pimp off the street. So like... Every da- he's supposed to be like going to his daughter's birthday and he walks in, he's like, happy birthday, bitch. <laughs> it's so bad. But like they talk about how they're insensitive and need to like, you know, actually cast, um, you know, a black person for the role. And uh, but then it gets flipped on them and ends up being like the guy. They get these really like good actors to come in and he ends up turning. He turns their movie into like a documentary about like how white people are awful and it becomes like a super famous movie. (laughs) So I need to watch these. Yeah. They've been really fantastic episodes. I know last season got a little weird, um, but these, I mean, I love this show so much. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's all I can say. I mean, it's just, it's like humor for the, it's like, it's like watching um, Kirby enthusiasm. Those shows are just humor. It's just pure humor. Like there's no, I mean, there's a little bit of continuity built into it, but like you're supposed to just watch those shows and laugh and yeah. not give a shit. And I so. think it was, was it last season where they started off with uh Dennis, like not a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the, just the fact that the crew and Dennis like pretended to hate each other for an entire off season. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know if you followed that, but like they pretend to have this huge beef and he was going to get kicked off the show and everything. And then oh, I didn't first, know all that. Yeah, and then that first episode was like Dennis was gone, and he shows up at the end. I'm like, that's commitment to this fucking show that I love. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they said something like, "You guys will keep watching the show. We'll keep making it." And obviously, I mean, Danny DeVito, she beautiful bastard. Yeah, yeah. Have Have you watched any of their awesome. like their side shows? Like, um, I haven't watched the one on Apple TV because. I'm not paying Apple for Apple TV. Um, yeah, no way. But Peacock has AP Bio with Dennis in it. Oh no, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's really good. You'd like it. Yeah, it's he plays a uh, like an author who had to move back to his parents' house mm-hmm. after they passed and like take care of their stuff. But he's also like broke, so he pretends to be a bio teacher. Oh, okay. And, like Patton Oswalt's the principal of the school. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty. That sounds pretty awesome. I love Patton Oswalt too. And in this most recent season, um, Bruce Campbell's in it as uh, his father. Oh my god! So like, I guess his father. Like, I haven't watched the most recent season yet, but I guess his father like faked. I don't know, faked his death or ran away or something. But he shows back up. 
Okay, I'm I'm downloading those tonight. Yeah, that's I wonder good. if I could buy them somewhere. Um, I would assume uh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Like, if I can't find anything, I buy it on Amazon. Uh, Hawkeye episode three. Yo, that car chase scene though. Yeah, that was awesome, and all this dude, all the arrows made me so happy. Yeah, the trick arrows. Air, it, so it gave me it gave me vibes of original uh, Arrow, like season one through three. You know, the good seasons of Arrow, but still, this was better than that. Um, yeah, it's hard to, to it's hard to tell the difference between like you know movie production quality and TV shows. Like Disney's really just setting the bar. They're spoiling the hell out of us, is what they're doing. Like, yeah, I, I think that's the reason I can't go back and watch CW shows now is because of this. Um. But not only the trick arrows, dude, the camera work, like the the camera work, like spinning back and forth was so nutty. And a uh, good friend of mine uh, texted me, uh, Will, and said that it reminded him of the raid because they do that in the raid. Uh, I think the second one, one of the car chase scenes, they do that with the camera. Um, we're like spinning around in the back seat. Mm-hmm. That shit's awesome. Yeah, that whole yeah. sequence was amazing. Um, yeah. It's incredible that we're getting like that's that's movie quality oh yeah like camera or everything uh, stunts yeah. camera work all that and what so i love this episode all together it's that one scene is basically the episode like we get the introduction to echo okay mm-hmm. we know who echo is um we kind of get the idea of how why they hate ronin okay and then we have that and at the end they go back to the house and it literally clicked with me who uh, Kate's uncle or stepdad is it's swordman oh swordsman yeah like oh. I literally I'm like how did I not put that together until yeah. right like as soon as he pops out spoilers for the end of this episode when he pops out and he just has the sword in his hand and the, the shot of how they had it shot because oh his face was God. covered just enough and the mustache. Yeah. I'm like, it's fucking swords. That's that's who it is. So he is the yeah. big bad. Yeah, dude. I I have the and I have the. Um, it's so funny because I know that cover of Avengers too. I don't know a lot about Marvel books, but I the cover of Swordsman sticks out to me because he was such a cool character. I guess I didn't realize it either. Yeah. Yeah, and he recently came back in Empire, right? Um, as part of that event. So I was like, I was sitting there going, like, damn, that's if, the fact they're doing Swordsman, like. I'm assuming I'm right, which I feel like I am, but I always no, feel it like has to, I'm, you know? <laughs> it has to be. It has to be Swordsman. And but what I if not him, they're definitely setting up another villain. So do you think it's him because that whole flashback thing with the with the deaf um criminal mastermind, mm-hmm. um, they talk about her father and they show like someone putting like their hand on her shoulder when she's doing like the she's in like the karate. I think it's her I don't know if it's I think it's her uncle or her father because they the the guy that's working with her mentions him. And it, I don't I don't know who they're talking about. It could be because there was that sequence where they're um I also gotta say, like the so Echo is a deaf character, so they do they go like over um I don't wanna say overboard, but you know, they they right. they do the sign language thing throughout the episode, mm-hmm. which yeah. is, Means you have to really pay attention to the episode, but I liked it because it added that little layer of right. um of it. But there's that whole sequence where her and her like first in command are just signing to each other, mm-hmm. and um, 
they mention how they're supposed to like stay under the radar and um, how they were hired to go and uh, attack that auction. So yeah, I'm wondering if they're connected somehow. Yeah. If maybe he's going to be like a big crime boss in the, and that's how they're going to kind of make he's him. Her, maybe he's her uncle or something like that. Maybe. That's what it's yeah. going to come out to be. Yeah. Or he's just financing it as like, you know, the old trick of the rich guy who finances crime underneath. Yeah. The, that's, yeah. <laughs> the classic. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great episode. Uh, I guess. Yeah. We didn't realize the whole swordsman thing. Um, it killed me when I realized it. I'm like, how did I funny, not see it? I think it's ironic too, because the original swordsman costume is purple too. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's like the whole episode. She like gives him more shit about not having a, um, a costume. And, you know, she draws like the, the shitty, like a shitty scribble version of like his original costume. Yeah. Um, what, that was really cool. And yeah, I mean, the show's awesome. There's so much more shit coming out in December to some cool stuff to watch. On yeah. Disney. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I gotta say too the the scene. So his like hearing aid gets broken in the episode, mm-hmm. and then gets fixed by the end. But yeah, and there's that scene where he's trying to talk to his son, but he can't hear him. So yeah. she's like writing it down. Broke my heart, dude. I was sitting yeah. there watching it, like, oh, this is te- this is tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Um, they're funny though together. Some of the scenes yeah. together, they're, I was laughing uh, quite a bit. They're great together. I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Renner has really grown into the role. I think it's the best he's been in Hawkeye in anything. Mm-hmm. And um, the the woman playing Kate is just we said it last week. She's phenomenal. I love her. Yeah, she's from something too. Do you know what she's from? Uh, oh, we can find it out. Like a like a big movie because I was watching that with Katie and she was like, "Oh no, you mean this is the girl from so and so?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." I completely forgot about that um, because I, I know she was, she was like a Disney actress, right? Probably uh, Haley, Haley Steinfeld. Her name is, Oh, true grit. Yeah. That she's, oh, the, yeah. she's the girl from true grit, dude. That, yeah. Cause we we're sitting there, we're sitting there watching it. She's like, I'm like, do you know this? I'm like, do you know this actress? Because she's from some Disney show. She goes, what do you mean? That's the girl from true grit. And I was like, Holy shit like pulling that movie out <laughs> with Jeff. I'm like that, that movie was amazing with Jeff Bridges. I'm like, yeah. she is, she's the girl. She's the badass girl from true grit, dude. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, you get points for that. I didn't, I didn't even see that. Yeah. She does get points for that one. You yeah. should. Have gets that one out. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like, where did you pull true grit from? I'm like, holy shit. I was like, and I'm the one who has a podcast. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> I was really proud. I was very proud. Can I, can I replace her with you? On <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell her right now that she gets she gets my spot on the podcast. Yeah, because I was like, I'm like, do you, did you ever see her in Disney shows? She's like, what do you mean? She's in True Grit, and I was like, holy fuck, I suck at this. <laughs> like, how did I, dude? I love that. I mean, you know me and Jeff Bridges. I mean, come on. Yeah. How did I miss that? But I, she, I, that was quite a few years ago though. But yeah, that's that's definitely her. I, was like, I forgot that movie existed, and I saw that in theaters. That shit was so good. Yeah, I mean it's a remake, obviously, of True Grit with the Duke, you know himself, yeah. but which is still good. But I mean, man, Jeff Bridges, holy fuck! Have you watched that one on Netflix yet? With um, with uh, uh what's his name? The guy's playing Kang. Oh, and uh, no, I have not. It's the like an. From- 
It's like an all black cast, but it's yeah. a, it's a western. I heard it's okay. Um, again, though, it falls in that Netflix trap of I haven't watched it. No, I have not watched it. But okay. I heard it falls in that trap of it's a it's a mass script, and they just put a bunch of famous actors in. Yeah, you know Netflix. I mean, I'll still probably watch it if it's enjoyable. Um, yeah, but, I want to watch it, but everybody's talking about that one with The Rock and uh, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. Yeah, that's funny. And I haven't watched that one yet either. That's another one, though. Like, it's funny and enjoyable. But if it wasn't, if, like, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and Gal weren't in it. Yeah. You know, it's just like a mess script. But I'll watch anything with The Rock. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much, people. Uh, much like comics, you know, if you put specific people in mo- like Jack Black's one of them. I had someone say to me, like, you know, I... I'll watch movies for certain actors and stuff, but like Jack Black doesn't draw me to a movie. And I was like, you need to shut the hell up. Oh, dude. Yeah. Do you remember like, what was a month back when they announced the cast for that, uh, the Mario movie? Yeah. And yep. I was like, okay, Chris, Pratt, I like Chris Pratt. I don't got a problem right. with Chris Pratt, but whatever. Right. I don't him play Mario. And then they started going down and it was like, Jack Black's going to be Bowser. I was like, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. That's and, then they, and then they ended it with Seth Rogen being Donkey Kong. I'm like, <laughs> This is gonna be the greatest movie ever made. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's another one. Seth Rogen, like, if I you got me to watch American Pickle. <laughs> Let's. I mean, if there was anybody else, like, say they threw, I don't know, well, what other comedic actor would they put in American Pickle besides Seth Rogen that would get me to watch it? I don't know. Probably no. Yeah. I mean, Jack Black. That would be the only other yeah. one. Uh, like, it was. Ja- I think Jack Black could do that character, but. Um, I watched a movie about a guy who fucking pickles himself <laughs> in a giant pickle factory <laughs> and meets his like great great grandson or nephew or some shit. I mean, it was oh, wild. that one. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, it's on HBO. It's an HBO exclusive, I think. I, I was about to say that he'd become Pickle Man because if oh, not, I've got to write this idea down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, write it down. Um, all right, so I guess we'll hop over to movies now. Uh, Let's do it. DC and Warner Brothers Animation have announced they're working on a Metal Men animated movie. Ron Clements and John Musker, they're best known for uh, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Hercules, have signed on to produce and write the movie. That's pretty huge. Yeah. Um, interesting, because that means they're trying to go away from the typical uh, DC animation thing of like, okay, we already had this, we already have this book called Red Sun. Let's just make this gritty animated movie for Red Sun. Um, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm wondering though, if this is, uh, they got these names and they, they've been wanting this project for a while. Yeah. So this is separate from all that. Cause I've been hearing rumors about them doing like a, a crisis on infinite earth, uh, for the DC animated universe and like oh, okay. this trilogy of movies. So I, I feel like those are still coming. Um, <clears throat> but maybe this is a like a theatrical, so they're gonna try to oh. um, separate it because you know, like Super Pets, I think is DC or Warner Brothers Animation. Yep, right. So, but I'll and be interested to see yeah. if it's like CG. Is it quote unquote hand drawn? Oh, um, right, right. Or what's it gonna look like? Because with those names attached, like, it'd yeah. be something cool. It could be, and like you said, I didn't think about that. This is gonna be a theatrical release for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. When you get the guys behind Little Mermaid, like yeah. you don't put that straight yeah, to DVD. You don't put that straight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, which I think Super Pets is coming to the theater, but I think it's going to be on HBO Max. 
I think. Doesn't that end this month? Doesn't that whole deal end? Yeah. It's it's like ending just before Batman comes out a few months later. Yeah, because I, I thought that uh, Matrix was like the last big one. Oh, oh shit. When does the Matrix come out? Is that this month? Soon, yeah. Next couple of weeks. Holy shit. Yeah. I gotta watch the trilogy already then. Damn. Yeah, because oh, I man. actually was thinking, I, I didn't have time this week, but uh, the new Will Smith movie about the... Uh, William Sisters. Oh yeah, that was on there. I almost watched that because I look kind of interesting. Yeah, it does look good. Yeah, they had a pretty interesting life. Um, what is it called? Like King Richard. King or Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse Two is now known as Spider Man Across the Spider Verse Part One. What? They made this shit so big they had to split it into parts. Um, and we got a quick teaser. So. They're doing more of these. We've been promised more with a part one. Yeah, I felt I like after that first one, it was kind of guaranteed we were going to get a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah, I didn't watch the teaser. Did they show off any characters? Uh, so Miles is in bed. Um, I was joking because it's like Miles like doing something and his uh-huh. room's, room's a mess. And then like Spider-Gwen pops up. So I'm like, <laughs> every every uh, little boy can uh, relate with the somebody popping in your room when you're doing something inappropriate meme. Mm-hmm. Um, but that happens. And then he's like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grounded. So I can't go out. And she's like, yeah. well, Spider-Man grounded. Then they jump into the spider verse. Nice. Um, the animation gets a little weird there. So I'm a little like wary on that. I think mm. it looks like they're going to change animation styles based on universe, oh, which could be cool. cool. Right. Um, but he jumps into the 2099 universe. Oh yeah, and uh, so Spider Man twenty ninety nine is chasing him. And, nice. Uh, I, nice. I'll go see it. That first movie was so good that it's you're getting me for the next one. Oh no yeah, for what. sure. Yeah, the first one was really good. So, yep, more of that. Give us more. Um, yeah. And other than that, I think I'm just I'm just marathoning through the uh, Harry Potter movies because they're all on HBO Max. Um, yeah. I'm on Order of Phoenix right now. And uh, which reminded me, they're doing a. I forgot they're doing an MMO RPG, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, Legacy it looks good, dude. Yeah, and I got really pumped for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Th- so they're doing that, and I thought that looked cool. Um, I might even try that one. And then, did you ever play uh, DC Universe Online? I did a little bit when it first came out. Yeah, they're make they're uh, reportedly they're making a Marvel one now. Oh, like the same damn. people. So I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yep. Can I be Daredevil's best friend? <laughs> yep, there you go. Sold. Um, all right, with that, let's hop over to this interview with Mr. Richard Fairgray, and we'll see everybody on the other side. All right, everybody. We got another very special guest for you. Welcoming back once again, Richard Fairgray. What's going on, man? I mean, the world's insane, but... Um... I guess with me personally, I had like a bad tongue injury last week. Um, I spilled a bunch of that. I don't know if you guys know this. Um, they brought back lime skittles. They got rid of yes. that apple garbage. So yeah. uh, I bought I bought about four hundred packs, and then I was um, a, a sour only because I'm not a coward. And so I was transferring <laughs> all the leftover powder from one bag to the next, and I had about eight bags worth sitting on my desk. And I spilt it, uh, a little bit of it, on my tablet while I was coloring. And the next day I was cleaning up a page, 
And I was like, man, there's a lot of grit and dust and scratches on this page. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, that's all cooked on sour goodness. So I started doing some like, like it's kind of a bit cooked on, right? So I'm having to do some pretty hard lick work to get it. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's good, but like it's obviously pretty abrasive. My tongue starts hurting, but it starts hurting in this way that isn't just like the normal, oh, man, your tongue's cut up from sour goodness. It's in this way of like chemical stuff. And I've had some chemical tongue stuff before because of this time that I licked my phone screen thinking it was buffalo sauce, but it turned out to be uh, laundry detergent. Anyway, so I knew the feeling. and I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then I realized that right before the spill had happened, I'd been cleaning my tablet with my Windex. And so what had cooked it on was all that good blue Windex magic that was, you know, meant to make it cleaner, but just made it way more toxic for my tongue. Oh, no. It's a really old tablet, so it gets really hot as well. So it's just like really just baked in there. So, I mean, I told Chris, like, before we before we had you back on, I'm like, he's going to have some crazy shit to tell us uh, with updating his life. <laughs> um, so this is like ammonia mixed with caked on uh, sour lime flavor. Well, I mean, sour, and, ever, just gen- the general yeah. sour, like that abrasive stuff they put all over the outside. To, I was going to gonna ask you how, how tongue injury comes about. Usually I just, like, bite my tongue in my sleep, but that's, you really got to go out of your way to do <laughs> I'm just very dedicated to my flavors. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I, yeah. I can't confirm whether they come in sour, but have you seen that they have an all-lime bag of Skittles? Uh, yeah, you can get that if you go, like... Through. I haven't seen it in sour myself, but I would be quite excited by it. The thing is, like, I'm a big lime guy, all right? Like, lime is really the only fruit that I'll fuck with, um, and I'll eat those suckers whole, but... That's, that's uh, sick. You're a sick person. They're just very good, though. They're just very good and tasty. And, like, like as a kid, like, lime was always the flavor that you held on for. Like, you would save all your lime. Like, anything green you'd save. That's for the true. End of yeah. Or buy okay, just the crystals and just, like, down them. Yeah. But, uh, so when they changed to apple, like, it was, it was a whole move in the 90s where candy would switch from lime to apple. And you'd just yeah. get this nasty green surprise. Right, right. Uh, it was, you know, very disappointing. So, so I love lime. But with mm-hmm. Skittles, it, it's all about the full mouth flavor, right? You want all right. five colors in there because, yep. let's be real, grape sucks. Mm-hmm. It and does. let's it be does. even more real, strawberry is just kind of nothing. Like, like there's no real point to it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love the sour so much that I was still buying a bag a day. But for a long time there, 60% of my Skittles were ones I just didn't like. And I'd kind of suffer through them to get to the yellow and orange. Now, lime's back in the mix. I got a 60% hit rate. I can do a full handful at once. Oh, okay. You're back. You're in the positive now, baby. Let's go. Yeah. That's, I, I, you're right. They, at some point, it was in the 90s, they switched to green apple and like life became bleak. It's because <laughs> green apple's more extreme. That's why. But it was, okay, apples have never been described as extreme by <laughs> Yeah, anything. I don't know what the, yeah, what the hell. Like, green is the least flavorful apple, but it happened across all candies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suddenly, apple was an acceptable thing to have on store shelves. And I, I, I think it's like, I think it's because very few people eat limes um, as, as, a, as a food. You know, they use it as a flavor. And so I think, like, parents thought of lime as a flavor, not as a fruit. So they, like, they put that green apple in there and then they can be like, you're basically buying your kid a healthy snack. I think like, like you know, maybe, that whole like, Oh, you can have maybe. carrot sticks. They're the same as fries. Cause they're the same shape. No, they're not bro. Like yeah, they're actually right. quite different and they do yeah. suck. And they do suck. Yeah. There was a, um, there was a McDonald's near my house growing up. 
Uh, and it was the it was the first one in New Zealand to have the Future Space Playground, which is the one with all the tubes. Oh, and, yeah. uh, it's pretty dope. And it was the one that we would always go to. Like I, I was, you know, from KFC boy, but uh, my sister was into McDonald's. They were next door to each other. So I'd do two drive-throughs. Then my mom would go get Wendy's from like three blocks over because we were not a decisive family and she would rather drive for two hours a night than cook. Um, but then uh, they closed the McDonald's and they turned it into a daycare and they called it small fries. And the logo is like a fry container with crayons. And I just can't imagine how angry I would be if I was a kid who was being dropped off there every day. I mean, like, I know what this place was. Like, I know this was a happy place once and you've ruined it. Yeah. yeah. They did that to the Burger King in my town. There used to be like a place set, and I went there the other day and they took it out and they just added more seats. And I'm like, what? Why would you ruin? No, I mean they took, out, they, they took out the whole McDonald's. Like it's just oh. a daycare now. Oh, oh. even and worse. They, and and they're still next door to a KFC, so they can uh. smell good food. Right. And then they're in there eating their goddamn carrot sticks and raw broccoli or whatever kids mm-hmm. eat these days. What? So McDonald's in New Zealand. What are they offering that's different than the U.S.? Because I know like fast well, food every, is different. Everywhere has one. Every country yeah. McDonald's has one different item. Our thing is yeah. the kiwi burger, which does not have the fruit in it or the bird. It's just, it's it's terrible. They're like, let's put beetroot and an egg in a McDonald's burger. Let's make oh, like the hell. Let's make a leaky mess for you. But it had this um had this commercial, uh, and I I won't remember all of it, but it was it listed all the things that kiwis, which is what New Zealanders for some reason call themselves. Uh, proudly love the, the kiwi. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the fruit is named for looking like this stupid bird, which is like it's a flightless bird that's eighty percent a storage sack for an egg, and it just kind of runs around and dies very easily. I was actually at a, a kiwi rescue place uh, uh, in between conventions. We're taking all the guests to this thing years yeah. ago, and they did, it was awful. Uh, they did this whole thing about like like by the way they're an endangered bird i want them to be safe and all of that right, this is just right. a dark story but it's yeah. very good um so they're they're talking about all this effort they put into preserving kiwis and they're like and we we had after 10 years we had released our 50th kiwi back into the wild and on the same day a hunter's dog got loose and killed over 200 and every uh every american celebrity guest at that convention just started giggling because the guy delivered it so earnestly and we were all pretty tired and for the rest of that show, anytime someone would do anything with gusto, they would say, man, you ripped through that like a dog through Kiwis. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. It was a good trip. That's amazing. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, so there was this commercial that went, Kiwis love hot pool, summer schools, rugby. Uh, sorry, hot pool, summer school. God, I, that's really embarrassing. I used to know the whole thing. Um, world peace, woolly fleece, Ronald and raising bees, chili bins, cricket wins, fasties, golf tees, silver ferns, cowrie trees, kiwi burger, love one, please. Because we love all blacks, thermal decks, hokey pokey, walking tracks, beef patty, power shells, tomato lettuce, marching girls, jandals, sandals, ketchup, coromandals, hokey pokey, maori haka, kiwi burger, that's our taka. There's a lot of New Zealand words in there that make no sense. What? <laughs> but it was, oh, it was this, this the, and they would come back like, like double down style, like for a few months of the year, and everyone would go like, buck wild for this thing and just it's like, like the mcrib yeah like, the like Mc, McRib yeah. if the mcrib yeah. tasted like absolute pure garbage yeah it's um, not yeah it's not too and it's just a sad leaky mess mm-hmm. but then they so they re-released the, the the commercial um a couple of years ago and they got some you know because it's a kind of a famous jingle so they got some big name new zealand celebrity singers to sing it and they rewrote it 
to be more inclusive of the idea that like being a New Zealander isn't limited. Uh, okay, shall, shall yes. we say? Um, yes. Because a lot of a lot of commercials from that time pretty limited. Um, but the way they did it was they included all these other foods and, and like a lot of people got mad about it. They're like, Oh, this isn't New Zealand. You're mentioning pad thai and, and curries. And I'm like, shut up. You're an idiot. But what was upset, what was, I think a poor move is that they had a commercial for the world's worst burger in which they list lots of other delicious foods to remind you of alternatives. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Cause we love pad thai's curry, sushi, seasoned right. fries. I don't know. And it was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, those are all things I could get instead of you, Kiwi yeah. Burger. Yeah, instead of this awful Kiwi Burger. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love how I'm happy about that story is that uh, um, there's shitty people everywhere that are mad about things ruining their childhood, not just here in America. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're not, they're not just here. Um, I like how I asked you about the, a glimpse into the, the other world's mcdonald's and we got this crazy song that i've never heard of i don't think we ever had a jingle in the u.s for mcdonald's did we yeah maybe come on you must have had some kind of okay so justin timberlake's i'm loving it that's true yeah but there was the uh whopper was what to all beef patties special sauce that is cheese pickles onions yeah and you used to be able to if you could say that i think there was a time this is under, under two seconds, seconds, you get a free one. Yeah, you get a free one if I you used, say I, it. We didn't have that in New Zealand, but I used to practice it to see if I would be able to do it if I ever got yeah. to America. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I'm not. No, I'm not it, a... It's tough. It's tough to do. We did get the animated uh, Ronald McDonald universe. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you guys only had that for a short while, and we, we because of the copyright stuff in the 70s with the playgrounds, we kept McDonald's Playlands right the way through. Like, we still have all the mascots. We, um, I don't know if you've ever seen one. There's There was this one piece of playground equipment that was, I think America kind of faced it out in the 70s, but it was Grimace, but he was a, it was like his whole middle section had been removed and replaced with a cage, and you could climb inside the cage and shake it. Yeah. And wiggle around. And I used to joke before I realized that no one knew what this thing was. I would, if I saw a very fat person wearing purple, I would say, I just had this urge to climb up all in their guts and shake around. And no one knew I was talking about Grimace and people just thought I was being dirty. And I thought I was making a real good playground reference. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's one way to talk about, you know, talk about someone's innards well the other day someone was talking about zip recruiter and i thought they meant zip zoolander from bots master a, a lot of my things are just i'm like just slightly off with the things that i for some reason still know about but it, it makes everything better i think it, <laughs> it's it, well not i don't know better but definitely more exciting and not as mundane as every everyday life i would say right there's something you need that you need that added change to shit I don't know. Here's hoping. I mean, yeah. it seems to be going okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so, do you yeah. think that uh, going back to KFC? Do you think that KFC is going to survive um, after the chicken wars because they're coming? I don't know if there's attention to the news recently, but like now, chicken tenders might not be able to. We might not be able to get chicken tenders for a little while. I mean, chicken breasts have to be next, right? Oh, see, okay, so so. So we have to be clear, if you're talking about the chicken wars, then we're talking about the bad, bad things that Popeyes have done that have led to deaths. Let's not forget there have been casualties of the chicken sandwich wars. 
but the shortage of chicken is a much bigger I, concern. I, I was so okay. I didn't know about that, but I was more referring to the fact that um, pretty soon, because New Yorkers, I don't know if you're aware of this, Richard, but New Yorkers, we love our chicken wings. We've already suffered with the chicken wing shortage. Now we're talking about a chicken tender shortage. I feel like people are going to take up arms. Honestly, like here's the thing: the, the chicken sandwich wars have literally led to death. People have stabbed each other in line for Popeye oh, yeah. sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's, it's, that's messed that's, up. That's messed up. I do say the Popeyes makes a good chicken sandwich. I will say this: I've had KFC in Europe way better than the KFC in America. Let's dive deep on this one. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> KFC about ten years before old uh, old Harlan kicked off, uh, kick, kicked the bucket, if you will. Uh, yeah. They changed the recipe. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, they changed the recipe and the breading method. They got rid of that milk and egg breading that they na- that they used to use, and so it stopped picking up all those good flavors. The rest of the world didn't do this. Just North America. Um, the rest of the world, they and also North America changed the actual herbs and spices recipe, yep. which is why Old Harlan Sanders disavowed any connection to the company before he died. Mm-hmm. When um, when uh, it's a man with principle. Yep. I mean, I don't know if we want to say that. Like, he did definitely steal a chicken reference. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. He definitely stole it. Yeah, for right. sure. Certainly. Although, yeah. you see, they, they have, um, in his in his wife's journal, they found a handwritten copy of the recipe. And they did? Around. Yeah, and, like, I don't I don't know if it's been verified. I actually, I tried to fuck with the, uh, the, the British guy's recipe that was released in The Guardian a few years ago uh-huh. uh, back when COVID first started. I was like, screw it. I'm getting a deep fryer. I'm going to go handle right. this whole thing. And it was terrible. And also, it takes three days to make. And uh, when I want KFC, I do not want to wait three days for it. Yeah, you want to go get it in an hour. Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So uh, uh, the thing is, KFC in the rest of the world is really good. It's oh, like yeah. absolutely delicious food. And it they is. have chicken salt on their fries, and they're crispy, and they're delicious. It's so good, yeah. It's so good, which is why I used to eat 40 goddamn pieces of it a week. I buy a bucket on a Sunday, reheat it for breakfast and lunch all week, right? Got to America, very excited to eat chicken in its natural home. Very disappointed. Uh, I'm, I was splitting my time between here and Canada. I tried it in Canada. I was like, well, this is the original flavor, but it's not breaded right, so it's not holding that flavor. So I call up Canada, K- KFC in Canada. I'm like, okay, we need to figure this out. Uh, I have needs, and I would like you to start using the original recipe breading method again, please. And they're like, you know a lot about KFC, weirdo. And I was like, yes. What are the chances? And they said, we have been toying with the idea, but we haven't pulled the trigger on it because we don't know if it would test well and we'd have to change a lot of our kitchens to do it. And I said, well, I'm getting married in a couple of months. Let's focus group my wedding and we'll, you guys cater my wedding and we'll focus group them to see if everyone likes it. Obviously, my intention is to like fill out all of the forms myself because obviously I want everyone to say they like it because I want my good chicken back. Yeah. <laughs> get get, uh, get 300 pieces of chicken for the wedding, 200 pieces of chicken for me and my friend Lucy to eat the week after. And then uh, they respond by saying, yes, absolutely, we're going to roll this out. So Canada starts getting good KFC. Like, the, it, they already had good, now they have great, okay? And it's, it's all going well. Then I get this email saying, we're looking at rolling this out on the east coast of the U.S. And I was like, well, that's useless to me. I'm in California. Then I'm in New York. I'm on a, like a, a four-day trip to pitch some books. And I'm in Brooklyn on one of the overground, you know, portions of the subway and the doors open and I smell real KFC. And so I just get out and follow my nose. Now I'm on my way to the airport at this point. Yep. So I've got my suitcase and I've bought a lot of clothes on this trip. I get to the KFC four blocks away, walk in. And I'm like, how much chicken do you have? 
and how much can I buy immediately? So I dump out all my clothes on the sidewalk, fill my suitcase with chicken, and then get on a plane back to LA. Do not want to share my good chicken with my roommate. So I hide the suitcase in my closet and eat it across the next two months. Now I did almost shit myself to death every day, but I also got to eat very good chicken while on that toilet. So I think on balance, it was worthwhile. Uh, two weeks ago, I'm in a 7-Eleven. I hear this guy arguing with this girl about whether or not the chicken tasted different, uh, that they'd just been to KFC. And I'm out here in LA at the moment. And I was like, excuse me, which KFC did you go to? The one on Third Street? I order in 40 pieces. The buckets arrive. Absolutely. Original recipe. Good KFC is back, my friends. Wow. So here I want, we are. I want, I want clarity on one part of the story. When you brought when you brought the chicken in your suitcase to TSA mm-hmm. and went through all the the security checks, did they say anything to you? Did they put a- it through the like the X ray thing and be like, "Why are there buckets in here?" And I was like, "I just really like chicken. This is a domestic flight. I'm allowed to take whatever I want. Chicken is not a weapon until after that's I true. eat it." <laughs> yeah. Okay, true. Okay, true. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Okay. Fresh um, chicken has no explosive properties. <laughs> yeah, fresh chicken. Two month old chicken. That's that's up for debate. I think probably the Holy darkest uh, moment of my life. I was in Australia and I hadn't had good chicken for like a solid year. And I was there for a writers' festival, and I immediately went and got a couple of buckets. And I was just everyone else was out doing like networking and meeting other writers, and I was just in my hotel room sitting on the toilet eating the chicken. Because, like, honestly, like with with my thirty six year old guts, like it's not worth the risk to not be on a toilet if I'm eating the food of that nature. Yeah, that's but I fine. Can't say I, know I did forget to put the do not disturb sign on the door and the oh. maid comes in and she just sees me sitting there with a bucket of chicken between my legs, <laughs> letting like bones fall back into it while I oh, shit. Man. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how I've changed you as a person from this. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I would say that she's seen crazier shit, but I don't think she has. Honestly, I think that's that's the bar. Yeah, that's you've. She walked in knowing that that's the worst thing she'll see. Let's see if we can walk back to me telling some story that isn't about me pooping myself. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's part of my brand. Story. Yeah, cannot get away from it. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I always have that fear too. I always have like the "do not disturb" sign on because I'm like. I don't want someone just walking into my room at any point, you know, throughout my stay at a hotel. But when you're so vulnerable as eating a bucket of chicken while you're, you know, drop trowel on a toilet, why not? Um, it makes you feel better, Richard. I, I can honestly say I've been there. I've been there. Thank you. You know, you know, admitting <laughs> it is the first, first step. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, so let's. I, I guess I'll be the I'll be the uh, the captain to steer us a little bit towards what we're here for today. Um, haunted KFC. Hill. We are here for KFC. 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 <laughs> Sponsored by KFC today. Let's talk Haunted Hill uh, before we get into more shenanigans. But um, you know, we we've been always such a big fan of of your work uh, with Blastosaurus. Black Sand Beach was great. Um, what is Haunted Hill? This is this is a little this is a little different than your than your normal projects, right? Is this because typically you're all ages stuff, but yeah, this is a pivot. This is a bit of a pivot. Um, you know, I, back in, back in the old days, I used to release all kinds of stuff for all different age levels. And, um, you know, cause I just, I make whatever I feel like making to stop me from being bored. 
and to fill the hours till I freeze to death. And uh, I don't know, I kind of stopped that for a bit because I was like doing all the all the like kid friendly content with Blasto and Black Sand and Carbordia, and I'm absolutely still doing that stuff. But here's the thing about me: I have there's there's maybe sixteen to eighteen good working hours every day of your life, and I cannot release enough. I cannot fill that time just with kids books, right? So. Uh, beginning of this year, uh, I had this idea floating around in my head, and the idea comes from from um, my irritation that the film House on Haunted Hill uh, is actually about a haunted house on a regular hill. So the title is very inaccurate. You're right. <laughs> and okay. I, I started thinking, well, what would a haunted hill be like? Uh, well, the ghosts would all be underground, so not really a problem. So that's actually a pretty chill environment. And I'd been out of Hollywood for a, for a grip, and I wanted to, like, do something about my home. So I started writing the story about uh, just this, this, this woman who lives in Hollywood or has returned to Hollywood. And I had two days off between books, so I made this little six-page story. Very simple. This woman has just gotten out of a job interview, um, and she's celebrating. She's trying to quit smoking, but she's celebrating with a cigarette, and she can't find a lighter. So she talks to this other woman who's standing waiting for someone to pick her up. And it's just a a 35-year-old woman talking to a 25-year-old and kind of having just a slight, slight difficulty with communicating. Because the 35-year-old woman, while feeling like she is older and more well-placed, is also feeling completely fucking lost because she can't find a lighter in her messy bag and, like, doesn't quite know how to celebrate and also doesn't really know how to talk to a person because her life is in chaos because one day ago she got off an airplane having moved back to her hometown of Hollywood after being gone for 22 years. Um, And then her Uber cancels on her because she's a garbage person and Uber will not pick her up, which is just a running gag that I will probably never explain. Um, I have a lot of friends that have been booted off Uber for very funny reasons, and I think I might just slowly weave them into the story. Um, That's awesome. One, one guy, one guy, he was he was off Uber. And I'm not going to say this person's name. Good friend of mine, but he but he got he got kicked off Uber because um, his partner at the time, who eventually stabbed him, so they broke up, uh, had been Good like reason. was very abusive to Uber drivers. Mm. Was a bad person, shall we say? Yeah, and. So he got a very low rating, kind of got booted off the app. They broke up. He got new phone number, new credit cards because of other stuff that the ex was doing. And then was like, I'm back on Uber. I can get rides. Goes on a date. First first trip out. He's got no rating yet. First trip out. Coming back to his place from this date with this girl. And the girl gets in a fight with the Uber driver. I don't know what about. The Uber driver pulls over and says, that's it. Get out. He gets out, turns around. She's not getting out of the car. About 10 seconds later, she jumps out the other side and says, run, I just took a shit. (laughs) So now he's off Uber again. (laughs) What the hell? Oh my God. And you know, like we've all, we've all had our, we've all had our, I had a a driver pull a gun on me one time. It was real fun. Um, Oh boy. (laughs) What the hell? Three stars, you know? Um, yeah, three stars. That's I'm it. not going to be unreasonable, but anyways, <laughs> so, so she, she can't get an Uber, and so this this other so the, Eva, my 35 year old main character, um, talking to Sasha, this 25 year old girl she's met outside this place and um, over on Beverly in a kind of seedy part of town that I enjoy, and uh, and so she says, so she she can never ask, but 
eventually Sasha offers her a ride with her other friends who are all in the 20s. And that was the whole story. It was like I was kind of setting up this thing of like, you know, we all know how this is going to go. When you get in a car with people in their 20s, your night is over. Like, you're never going to get home. There's going to be stupid stops along the way, and I don't need to explain it. I can just do it with this. But then I didn't get the notes on the other script I was meant to be working on, so I had a couple more days, so I turned it into a full issue. And then by the end of it, I had them, like, at a donut place, and one of the couples had broken up, and everyone was angry at Eva for, like, saying true and accurate things, but things that maybe people at age 20 are not ready to hear about their shitty relationships or the way that dudes are behaving. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? This is a series. And over the past 10 months, I've just kind of, I've just done a new issue every time I have a week off and now I have 12 issues. And, uh, I, I was just looking at it thinking like, I don't know what I'm meant to do with this. I've never enjoyed making the book so much and I'm making it six pages at a time. I will just I'll write six pages and then immediately draw them. So there's no oversight from anyone. I never have to wait for notes, which is my absolute hell. Um, and especially, you know, when you wait eight months for notes and they come back and they're like, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Why did I wait all this time? Cool. This is, this is actually a comic script. You probably could have read it in a minute and a half. But right, eight, right. Well, eight months. That's great. So, and so I, I was just, I was, I was doing an interview about something and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm prolific. I have 239 books to my name, but most of them were only ever available in New Zealand before I moved out here. And when I first moved here, I, uh, a thing happened. I went on a date to Disneyland and I'm not saying this is connected, but it's a big coincidence posted about it on Instagram and Facebook. And that night, someone from New Zealand who would have been quite upset that I was going on a date with someone else to Disneyland because of a recent breakup, uh, logged into my Dropbox and deleted all of my high res files for basically oh. all my work. Oh boy. And so I was sort of like, you know what? I guess that bridge is burnt. I can never go back to my old work. And I was weirdly okay with it. And then three weeks ago, I stumble across this hard drive that doesn't have those files, but it does have all the save for web versions. So I have everything that's 780 pixel width, because back in those days, that was normal for a web comic. Right. Um, and I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to put them online. So as of, Two days ago now, there's 1,800 pages of, it's about half my work uh, wow. from the past 10 years. It's just all wow. on richardfairgray.com. And I thought, well, now when people go to look for my stuff or people go, if people like my books as they come out, they can go and look for more stuff from me. And there's a mix of stuff for kids and adults and everything in between and comedy and drama and even some sci-fi and some superhero stuff. It's, it's really kind of everything. I'm like, this is the perfect place to put Haunted Hill. And I can just have complete control and I don't, I don't care if, I mean, maybe five people will read it. Maybe a million people will read it. I, I, I just, it just makes me so happy to make this book about a 35 year old dirtbag who, who moves back to Hollywood because her wife gets a job at a museum. She gets a job at a museum, by the way, because, uh, which is, it's rare for, um, for a woman her age to be getting a, a, a position so highly sought after at a major museum, but because of so many elderly uh, male museum curators being arrested for dressing up as monsters to scare away tourists, uh, there's actually a lot of openings right now. There's a real, there's a real amazing. logic to Haunted Hill. So, so the place that she lives is called Haunted Hill and it's named, it's a, it's a real place. It's where I used to live. It's the part of, I mean, it's not really called Haunted Hill. It's called Whitley Heights in real life, but it's that area of Hollywood. And my, the, the premise is that uh, it was a housing development 
owned by a man named Obadiah Haunted, who, much like many people in the old days, got his his name from his job uh, because he used to be a, a vessel for ghosts and demons being cast out of uh, possessed uh, wealthy British children during exorcisms. Um, and so he was known as the most haunted man in America with legs full of ghosts. And so he's been buried there, and all the ghosts have been gradually leaking out of his legs uh, as his body decomposes. And so the entire hill is filled with ghosts that never come out, but absolutely make everything in the world a little bit off, much okay. like the real Hollywood. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, all of this from uh, having an issue with a title of a movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, so, I, yeah, I've, I, I noticed you put all your books up there because I was going through Blastosaurus. And uh, I guess I never even put the connection to the eleven the eleven herbs and spaceships of your love for chicken was was there in between the lines. Of, I mean, there's literally of a portrait of Colonel Sanders and the stars yeah. on the last oh. page. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and I just I guess I I just dropped the ball on that one. Um, so it's going to be available for you're putting it up on your website and you're not going to ask anything for it or yeah, totally free. Um, six pages a week, first three Thursdays of the month. Uh, every month. The first issue is going to go up all at once, uh, January 20th. People can sign up for the newsletter now and get notified of that and any other comic things I'm doing. I'm going to be putting out, I've, I've still got a bunch of other little weird short comics that um, I did a, a series called Blastosaurus Extremely Human back in New Zealand, which is just about him doing very ordinary shit and struggling with it because he's a dinosaur. So like him learning how to make a cup of tea or him like not knowing how to water plants or um, him feeling uncomfortable dealing with like delivery people or, or not knowing how to recycle or not having any friends who will eat ham with him. Um, that one's actually a longer one. It's called ham American splendor. And it's just, he, he just, he need, he's a, he's not technically a, a herbivore anymore because of his mutation. And so he realizes that he's a vegetarian by choice and needs to tell more people about it. Wow. Um, so then he goes to try and buy some meat and doesn't really know how. So buys just a butt ton of ham and then goes home and calls all his friends, but no one wants to eat ham with him. So he sits and eats ham uh, until he gets very full and sad, but ham doesn't have much iron in it. So he's still pretty tired. And then he just feels sad for a bit. I actually did an experiment to see, cause I'm about the same size as Blastosaurus. So I decided to do an experiment to see how much ham I could eat. So the mm -hmm. story would be accurate. It of is about, <laughs> about four pounds, four pounds of ham, four pounds of ham before you can, just cannot put any more in there. Wow. I don't think I can do a pound of ham. I don't. I'm not a huge ham person. I, oh, I don't like, like ham at all. Ham's terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, so you just force fed your. Now, what type of ham are we talking? Are we talking like deli meat, or is it like a cooked? Yeah, like ham? deli meat, like a like a like a thin slice shaved ham. But I once um there was a there was a promotion where if you bought a big big tube of tub of chub, um, if you bought the biggest one, which was like this is New Zealand, so it was in kilos, so like a little a little over two pounds, uh you would get a free Ninja Turtle sticker that to this day still smells like that stinky meat. Oh my uh, God. I only have one left, but there were, there were eight of them. And, uh, and I said to my mother, I would like to get all eight of these stickers. Yeah. You, you need to go and buy me eight kilos of chub right now. Yeah, for sure. And she, uh, yeah, bless her heart. She went and bought seven kilos cause the store only had seven. And I was like, well, with my six year old logic, if I eat all of these tonight, she'll have to go get the eighth one tomorrow. So I just sat there and I, I just, oh man, I've never been so sick, but I ate oh my God. Chub and 
I yeah, I got I got uh, I got Splinter and all four turtles, and then I got a second Michelangelo, which is just an absolute ripoff. I I just I'd never I'd never occurred to me that I would have such bad luck. Uh, and I think I got a shredder. I'm not sure. These were these were cool stickers as well because they were from uh, the UK, and so they said Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because they weren't allowed to have ninjas on TV there. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah. I, I I remember you talking about being a huge Turtles fan too of going to the um, that the toy store. I remember that story. I had to look up Chub Ham because. Uh, hey, what do you guys not, call it here? It's it's just I I think we just call it like, um. Deli ham. No, no, like, it's, it's 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 like it's those. It, lo- it looks like a like a roll of dog food. Oh, you know the like it's just like oh. processed meat that's all kind of yeah. split together in a big sausage thing. Yeah, you gotta kind of peel off the packaging and just hunker down. I don't know what that's called. That sounds like bologna. Almost like bologna, but, but like giant. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. Anyway, if it's like it's bad food. <laughs> Yeah, I, lo- I looked up a picture of him. Like, this does not look appetizing to even eat one of these, let alone seven of them. But if you want those stickers, you got to put in the work. Oh my god. Um, I don't know how. I, yeah, I forgot. We went from Blastosaurus to Ham, but um, I'm so excited to see everything's up on your website because I'm going to be I'm going to be reading a bunch of this tonight for sure. Yeah, so um, there's that you can get like there's all of Ghost Ghost. Uh, my buddy Theo and I did this thing one year where we did 52 short like 10 page comic, oh, 52 eight page comics in a year on top of our regular work. Yep. Um, with and then te- technically 10 pages each because they were um, the front and back cover are also freestanding jokes on every single one. Uh, and then there's like a, a couple of Blasto spinoffs and a thing called Anorax and Acolytes and a bunch of other short comics, including my one about the guy eating corn on the toilet. God, this is just a. When people study me as an auteur. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I'm yeah. I'm just looking at the one of him eating corn on the uh, on the toilet. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't come from personal experience. No, no way. No, that that one. Well, it's it's weird. Like that one just comes from uh, when I used to teach how to how to write horror. I would oh. always say the scariest thing you can do is putting something ordinary in, a, in the wrong place. And my right. example was always: there's nothing scarier than finding a corn cob holder and a toothbrush cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the absurd, almost, right? Yeah, because why? Yeah. Is someone, why does someone have that in the bathroom? Oh, yeah, that's that's kind yeah. of messed up. There's no good reason. I don't want to think about the reasons, mm-hmm. it but makes, it'll haunt you forever. Yeah, it makes you feel awful when you do that. What mm-hmm. the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, why I did you put you? I, I why did you put me there? I, no, I've been like, to this. I've been to this uh, a friend's Thanksgiving thing a couple of years ago, and I was like, I'm never going to see those people again. I should base all the characters in this corn cob story on them. And so I just had some fun drawing this guy stabbing himself in a shower with a corn cob holder and taking a dump while eating corn. And then I ran into him at a comic store, and it had been like all of COVID since I'd seen him. So I'd kind of forgotten how to talk to people, and I was like, oh. You want to see a picture I drew of you? Basically, oh. a stranger. Oh my god! Didn't he didn't love it? I'll say. <laughs> oh, I haven't talked to you in a couple years. By the way, here's this picture I drew of you. Not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> he just got done watching like two seasons of you on Netflix. Here's He's my like, art. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, for for Haunted yeah. Hill, do you see? Do you just want to do this as like a, a digital thing, or do you see printing it at some point? 
I think I'm going to print it. I, I, I love, uh, I love print comics so much. And, um, I hadn't done any kind of like events for so long. And then, uh, my local comic store up in Canada, they said, Hey, do you want to come along? We have this little market day and it's like, it's tiny and it's just like 30 or 40 people probably will come through in the day. But like the mall is closed on Sundays. So we just take over the central arcade in this very small mall. I was like, I'll fuck around with this idea. And I get there and like, I just had so much fun and I, I made a, I made a pile of money and, and sold a pile of books and got to talk to a bunch of people about how cool comics are. And I was like, I'm actually pretty hooked on this. I remember why I love it. So, uh, I just, I've just done two cons, uh, uh, San Diego, you know, special edition, which was <sighs> very end of the world. Um, yeah. like it was fun, but it was empty. And then I just did LA comic Con the last two days. And, uh, I don't know. I just enjoy the energy of them. So yeah, I want to, I want to get Haunted Hill into print. I don't know how I'll do it. Um, I mean, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just print it. Maybe I'll just like run with it and be like, I'll just take a risk. Let's get 10,000 copies of this thing and take it to conventions for the rest of my life. Or maybe I'll <laughs> kickstart it. Or maybe I'll, I honestly have no idea. I, I got, I had a couple of offers from publishers, um, early on my, my agent sent it out to some people and, I just said no because I, I I I have so many books with so many publishers at this point that yeah. I'm always jumping between projects and having to wait around for like notes from editors or approval on things before I can move on to the next thing or waiting for a thing to be released to see how it does all that kind of stuff. And Haunted Hill is like I wake up in the morning, I go write a six-page scene, I don't know where the story is going after that, and then I go inside and I start drawing it. And then I scan it at the end of like usually two days to draw six pages and then it's done. Then the story is done. And like, I'm 12 issues in and it's like, I'm basically telling it in real time, which is kind of, I don't know if that's a good idea or even if it'll continue. Like it's, it hasn't been deliberate, but like the first six issues is just her getting home from that job interview. And then the next three is her the next day going to like reconnect with her friend who Turns out is really mad at her because uh, before she left, she changed the password to the treehouse, and he hasn't been able to get in there ever since. Oh boy! Um, and he's an adult man, but he absolutely yeah. believes that his password still works. And it it it, it it's you know I, I really enjoy the kind of the the very real human emotions with very stupid premises. You know, that's I, why I think the first two thirds of Baba Hotep are basically a perfect film. Um, it's it's such a it's a, it's a dumb idea taken to its absolute best place. Yep. yep. Um, and I, I, I love kind of trying to capture that, that same sort of vibe and, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like she, they, she, she meets this, uh, or the, 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 the people in their twenties pick up a random homeless guy and give him a ride. I can't really remember why, but you know, you know, people in their twenties are like, I was one of them once I used to do things like this. And it turns out he's not homeless. He lives in a trampoline park, which never opened that Eva had heard about when she was a teenager and is very excited to go to. So they go and explore this trampoline park, but it turns out he also got visited by aliens who told him that if he achieves the perfect bounce, that he can reach a higher level of consciousness uh, and, and go to the alien world. And who knows whether that's true or not, but I mean, I think I went to high school with that guy. <laughs> we see it happen. He gets there, you know, yeah. and I, I get to have like, like it's, it's fun to do things that are, it's set in a real place. It's set in a place that I live, but it's also, it's also, I'm doing a lot of, uh, 
there's a there's a place in LA or a chain of places owned by Danny Trejo. There's a taco place and a donut place and a wings place. And they're called like Trejo's Coffee and Donuts, Trejo's Wings, Trejo's Tacos. And I was like, what if other celebrities? What if what if the big difference in my world is that different celebrities had his exact level of fame? And so they go to Karn's uh, Coffee and Donuts, which is owned or which is entirely themed around Richard Karn from Home Improvement. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> So then I had, I've never watched Home Improvement, so I did have to do some research. <laughs> that might help, yeah. Into that, but I, I got, got some good, well, it's because I'm, I got a little bit obsessed with, because I was, I was living in Canada for so long, Google started represent, re, uh, uh, recommending Canadian apps for my phone, and it was like, hey, would you like to try, you're, you're using Uber Eats, would you like to try Garfield Eats? And I was like, Oh, I have a lot of questions about this one, but let's let's dig deep. There is an app in Canada for a Garfield-themed restaurant called Garfield Eats, and uh, you can't actually get it delivered where I live. But if I go to Toronto one day, I'll definitely be trying it. They do not sell lasagna, which I think is what this was a crime. Yeah, That's it was a crime. But they do sell a coffee drink called a Garfacino. <laughs> so. That's and you can, you can play Garfield themed games on the app. You can buy merchandise. The guy has written a, a book where he talks about himself as the world's youngest entrepreneur, but he's in his late forties. Um, <laughs> I went on a deep dive in this. It, it's wow. It's, it's it's bizarre. But so I started thinking about this. So I've got like in in Haunted Hill, there's a there's a company called Snoop's Dog Walking. Oh my um, god! That's and amazing. there's a there's a there's a sushi restaurant here in in LA that I really like called Sushi Stop, but I replaced that with Sushi Stap. To have it all themed around Scott Stapp from Creed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought of a name before I thought of any good puns, and right. so you might say that I created my own prison. Oh wow! You're welcome. Wow. Um, there's a there's a, go. a grocery store here called Gelson's, and I replaced it with Kelso's, and it's all themed around Kelso from that '70s show, except for the okay. pharmacy, which is Kelso from Scrubs. Wow. Um, there's it's. But it's like it's just very fun to be able to populate this very real human world with very stupid. Because the truth is, our world is very stupid. Yeah, Garfield oh, yeah. Eats is a real app. Right? Why is that a thing? Yeah, that's amazing. I need to read this. Now. I mean, it, I yeah. like that. I like that idea. Um, and I can't wait. I can't wait to check it out. End of, um, end of January, right? Uh, yeah, January twentieth. That first one comes out. I just wrote a. I just wrote a little six-page sequence for it. I met, I met a serial killer at the 7-Eleven the other day. Nice. Um, you know, apparently they say you meet an average of one serial killer per year. Oh. Yeah. Really? Um, and I didn't I didn't kind of click on it when it was happening. And then it was just this guy who asked me if I could buy him a, a lighter and some alcohol wipes. Um, and then afterwards, I found out that someone's been putting alcohol wipes on sleeping people and setting them on fire in the area. Oh. Uh, so I did, I did, I did, I did report, report it to the police and was like, you have video footage of the 7-Eleven, correct? Like, you can access that and see who might be doing it. But like, so I was writing a little scene about that and then I got distracted and started writing the scene about how Eva doesn't want, doesn't think she could ever have a pet because one time she had to look after someone's salt lamp and it was just too much for her because she was living in a studio apartment and you can't turn those things off or the salt all crystallizes and falls off. So she just like lost sleep for two whole nights. What the hell? It is, it is a big responsibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing how you get to places in your mind when you write these things. It, it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating every time we talk to you because it's just so awesome. I'm, uh, I'm working on a scene at the moment where it's just like 
her trying to be in a really bad mood with someone, but is eating a real big sloppy piece of pizza. So she has to keep yelling at them while also kind of catching it from underneath. <laughs> that sounds awful. I'm excited for this book. Yeah. It's going to be Especially very good. Um, so yeah, let, let's ask to uh, last time. Well, last time I talked to you, we were talking about Cardboardia. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd that do for you? Pretty good. Uh, we've got like, like I, I, this may shock you. I'm very bad at Twitter. Uh, I, usually average, I usually average one to zero likes per tweet. Um, and that's a generous uh, interpretation. So I never get any notifications. And then since Cardboardia came out, it's been like every day there'll be like, oh, 37 people have retweeted this thing about a librarian who found a copy of Cardboardia and tells everyone they should like it. And it just like I got offered a panel at Comic-Con last weekend and I keep getting asked to do more. I, I, I just finished book two of Cardboardia this week. I just lettered it. Um, and yeah, it just it, people seem to be really loving it, which is kind of like, I mean, it's not a surprise. I think it's a, it's a good book. It's a great little yeah. fiercely anti-capitalist book for children. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going well. It's just, it's just uh, kids books do not take enough of my time. And what else am I meant to do? other than draw comics. Right. So I'll, I'll make Haunted Hill in all my spare time. I just have to do six pages a week forever. And I've got more Black Sand Beach coming out next year and uh, just quietly had some talks with some people yesterday about a Blastosaurus revival and a reprint of all the stuff. Uh, that would be awesome. I just signed a contract for um, Ghost Ghosts is being collected in print in the US for the first time. This oh, is about the ghost who struggles with invisibility and loneliness that I made when I was a kid. Yep. And that'll be out in March. And then um, I've been asked to pitch a new series, which I'm, I'm not going to talk about what it is yet, but the title is uh, The First Time My Brother Died, which I'm very excited about. It's like, it's, it's, it's absolutely mature horror, but about kids. So I, oh, get, wow. to very, like, I get to be a lot scarier than I've been in Black Sand Beach. And I'm, I'm very okay. excited to do that. Damn. Awesome, uh, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm so excited for all the stuff coming out. I, I want to get some printed copies of Blastosaurus. So, um, and I know you have a newsletter you can sign up for on your website, right? So you just yep. richardfairgray.com. Yep. And if they, if you sign up for that, like you get that welcome message with a great picture of me enjoying a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what, what's, <laughs> what more do you want? There's a, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> I really awesome. want to, I want to brand myself. I, I did this thing years ago when they did the, you know, the share a Coke with campaign. Yep. Mm-hmm. I went and stuck Richard Fairgrave stickers on all the Coke bottles in my area, hoping people <laughs> would just buy me Coke. Yeah. And uh, only one person ever did. Okay. Uh, and I would really like to brand myself as the comic guy who loves a good hot dog. And I want to be clear, no ketchup, violent tomato allergy, but I would like onions and mustard. I would like a real sloppy mustard mess to be delivered to me. Basically, there's no time I'll turn down a hot dog. Mm. So I'm trying to put as many pictures of me out there going full Joey Chestnut on one of those bad boys (laughs) to see if I can really, really spur that. Well, listen, if you cover the East Coast for a con, you let us know. We'll we'll grab some hot dogs somewhere. Yes. Have you had a Zweigel before? I have not had a Zweigel. What is a Zweigel? Zweigel's good. So Zweigel is made in um, the, well, not my hometown, but the city right next to my hometown of Rochester, New York. Western huh. New York. Yes. And it's just yeah. a, 
it's our it's our hot dog. It's uh, what's the other one, Mike Hartman's or something like that? Hoffman's, kind of, Hoffman's, Hoffman's is a big one in New York. Yep, just yep. kind of similar. That's a little bit more nationwide, but more uh, of a German Frankfurt. It's like a white. It's like a white hot dog. But yeah, you can get a white hot. You can get a red hot. It's mm. one of those pop open ones. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, really, last because you know I, I invented my own hot dog uh, recently. The dessert dog. Oh uh, yeah, you get a hot dog. Okay. okay. Cut that, cut that slimy sausage up into lots of little bits. Fry it all up real good. Fry it real crispy. Okay. Get some bacon bits. Fry them up with it. Got to drain that on some paper towels. Get some of the fat off it because you want it to be kind of clean. Get your bread. Butter it up real nice both sides. Fry that up for a little bit. Put it back, you know, on the plate. Put in some lumps of vanilla ice cream. Put in your hot dog. Put in your bacon bits. Dump on some whipped cream, preferably from a can, so you can have fun squirting it in your face later. And then uh, a lot of rock salt, preferably Himalayan rock salt. It is such a perfect combination. You can add some chocolate to it. You can add some caramel to it if you want to. But like the meat, like the meat and the sweet together is the so sweet very and salty. Good. Yeah. Wow. That actually like. I'm like, I don't know where he's going with this, but then you rounded it off with the salt at the end, and it sounds pretty good. I feel like the the natural conclusion to this is that we need to create the Richard Fairgrays hot dog cookbook. Oh, my God. I would like to be the Guy Fieri of comics. (laughs) (laughs) Just hot dogs. What can you do with the hot dogs? I'll tell you. Um, I would like, you know, honestly, I think that Obviously, because a hot dog is not a great traveling food. Like, I love getting a hot dog after a concert. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell another pooping while eating story. I really thought I was gonna get away with this, but yep. I was at a Wilco concert, and I enjoy Wilco. But I was, you know, the the the, the joke always is, I'm surprised I'm not wetting my own pants being here, um, because this is this is the wimpiest music that I enjoy. And I have seen Cave Town live, so I'm there's a there's a high bar uh, for the kind of wimp music I enjoy. But I'm at the Wilco show, and I'm like, you know what? It's my first night back in LA. I'm going to leave early because I'm at the Palladium, and they always have good dogs outside. And I don't want to deal with the crowd because if I'm buying, say, four of them, I'm going to get mustered all over some strangers. Right. You don't need that. So go out there, buy these four dogs. It's a short walk back to my office. I'm going to go back and do some work. I eat three of them on the walk home. Did have to eat the fourth one on the toilet, um, but no regrets. But here's the thing: so my point is, hot dogs not actually a great traveling food. They're too sloppy. They're too messy. I would like someone to invent the hot dog cone. Think about like a waffle cone, but made of bread somehow, and it would be perfect because you could do the dessert dog, you could do the regular dog. Like it's you know you know if you get enough if you get enough dogs and shove them into a mug, you can just eat them handheld. Just chomp it down from the top. I think does, you're out of something. Does the corn dog not suffice for this? I mean, the corn dog yeah. would suffice if it wasn't the worst food in the world. <laughs> it tastes too much like the breading than a hot dog. I think. And by breading, you mean some kind of yeah, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's, it's, is it it's corn? Sin. It's sin that has been squeezed out of some kind of pus hole and then fried. It is terrible. It's some sin. Oh my god! Oh man! I, I feel just, like I, I feel like the worst human being because I like corn dogs, I like grape, I like strawberry, and I like green apple. So at the end of the, the end of their interview, Chris feels like a piece of shit, and I 
I surprisingly, after an hour of being here, just really want a hot dog. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Chris just feels like a, a terrible human. I just want a hot dog. Chris, everyone's tastes are different, and some people's are wrong. And and some, okay. some people are wrong. Yeah, I can accept that. I can accept yeah. that. Awesome. Listen, it's like with with food invention, which is when you invent foods, like I do. Um, a lot of the time, actually, I, wa- I kind of wonder how sour would be with a hot dog. Like, could I? Have I ever told you about my great um, my my spray candy that I made? No. I got bought a big bag of gummy bears. Uh, got a big tub of uh, tartaric acid, tipped that into the bag, left it for like four days, fully liquefied those bears, made just like a real sour liquid, punched a hole in the bag, was squirting it into my mouth, having a great time. Then I thought, what if I put this in a bottle and I could use it like a breath freshener? And people will be like, oh, what good fresh breath you have. No, it's straight sour candy I'm enjoying. But I did destroy one of my tonsils. Which but I, now I did have to have my tonsils removed in my thirties. I don't know if it was related to never stopping doing this. But so I would just Maybe. like spray it, taste the good flavor, cough up some blood, spray it again. Like it was, <laughs> but man, it was it was worth, so it was worth it. They they had that for a while. I remember when, as a kid they had like a sour breath spray as a candy. Well, they still have it. They still really? have it. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. live in a magical world. Yeah, you thing. go you go to the aisle at uh at the old Walmart and they're in there. The candy aisle. They're, 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 at, the, they're at the bottom, you know, kid level. So they can ask you for it, but oh. it's there. Well, see, I've learned cause I was, um, I, I have my, my pH is a little off. I'm a little more acidic than I should be. Mm-hmm. And so I burn through clothes. Like I just, I like, I, I can, I can keep a pair of pants about two months and then I just like, they just wear out all over just holes start showing up. And I was in a Target, and I crouched down to get some of the cheaper wine because of who I am as a person. And it, the pants just kind of disintegrated, but really all in the crotch area. And I was like, I'm down there, full crab pose, holding my my, my 19 crimes. Let's be honest, it was yellowtail. I'm not that good. And there's definitely a testicle hanging out. And there is a family who have gathered around me behind me looking at things on the higher shelves. And yeah. I know that I have to somehow get out of there without revealing what's, <laughs> what's happening. <to> me. <laughs> it's like so impossible. I just crab walk sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Oh my God. That's amazing. I, and then, and then that child picked up a copy of Cardboardia and later discovered. <laughs> well, see, this is, this is, you know, there are so many things like, like I, when, when I'm writing for kids, like I, I put in a lot of jokes that are for me. I never put in anything inappropriate into, um, into kids books. And, but I will put in like very funny background goofs that, that are not inappropriate, but just most people won't get. So for instance, in the second book of Cardboardia, they go into the basement and there's all these, like there's everything on the shelves and it's all labeled and everything. And there's all these empty jars just labeled farts, obviously. Um, but there's also a big box that's just labeled Larry proof. Now, Larry Proof is what they call the videos where uh, fans of One Direction try and find evidence that uh, Louie and Harry are secretly a couple. Oh, wow. And I thought that would be very funny if the grandfather in the story had a big box of Larry Proof. Now, no wow. one's going to get that. It's, yeah. not, it's not a bad right. thing to have there. Right. And then I'd drawn this one other thing. And I'm not going to say what it is. I, I really like I'm I I'm horrified. Like, I'm horrified by this thing. I drew this thing into a comic. Uh, or I was just like drawing a, a shelf packed with stuff. 
And I had all these jars and I put a bunch of different things in the jars and I drew one jar with some stuff in it that is very innocent. And then someone saw it and they messaged me and they're like, do you know what the significance of putting this thing in this container is based on the internet? And I was like, no, I don't. And I did that Google and wow. So there's a fun treasure hunt for for Oh boy. Now I'm going to have to go through it. We're going to have to figure out it. Wow. I'll tell you guys off air. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, now I got to know. So <laughs> we should probably wrap it up so I can figure this out. Uh, <laughs> um, I've well, talked for way too long, and you guys still have to talk about what's going on in comics this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. But hey, Richard, man, uh, we love having you on the show, and we'd love to have you back. And, you Absolutely. know, anytime you want to be back, you're more than welcome. So, yeah, once- well, like, Everyone go to richardfairgrade.com. There's so much there. There's so many, there there's so many good comics. Yep. I promise. And I have y'all, y'all can find that link in the show notes down below. So click that, check out all the good comics. And uh, Richard, when some of those super secret books get announced or you're allowed to announce them, we're right here, man. So we look forward to it. Thank you so yep. much, guys. Awesome. And we're back. Good stuff. Check him out. Uh, all the fantastic work he's done. He's a cool dude. Um, there's a reason we've had him on the show multiple times. He, he emails and I say, well, you let me know when you're available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, yep. I'll bump people for you. I, I won't really bump people <laughs> for you, but <laughs> oh, we're not bumping people. When we tell it, you know, we we're really booked out till the, the next year. So yeah, get your, get your time slots in now, kids. Yeah. Booked till the end of the year. That's next nice. week's next yeah. week's the last interview of the year. Yep, last interview of the year. And then we got we gotta do our own thing, folks, for the next couple of weeks. You know, and people have the holidays and that bullshit, but we're doing our own thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Just us. Just us. Back to the back to our roots. And then, you know, yes, we'll continue the interviews in the first of the year, but who really who really comes here for the interviews? You know? Listen, I'm starting off the year strong. I'm starting yeah. off the year with an artist who is currently working. Did you read we'll talk about it later, but did you read that um um Gotham villain special? Yep. I did. Yeah. Yep. We're starting off the year with one of the artists for that book. Yep, yes we are. Can't wait for that. We won't tell anybody. We can't we're just gonna say that. That's all we're gonna tease you with. Yeah. Um because we got to we got to get you coming back to listen to who it's going to be. Uh, it, honestly, I wanted to email Danny DeVito and see if he wants to be on the show. I'll, I'll talk to Danny DeVito. Because we'll probably... that dude, if anybody didn't pick that up, uh, Gotham City Villains, the first the first story in that issue was written by the legend Danny DeVito himself. We won't talk about any comics, so we'll just talk about It's Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Um, but anyways, okay. Comic news. There's only a little bit, uh, Oni press has announced three new Rick and Morty one shot comics coming in 2022 written by Amy Chu and Alexander Chang with art by Sarah Stern. All three will be parodies of movies. The first will be Dune. The second will be Logan's run. And the last will be star Wars. Okay. You got me for Dune and star Wars. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really read Rick and Marty comics. Yeah. But I am down for all three of these. Yeah, for sure. When I, I saw the image of both Rick and Marty, like in the Dune outfits with the little nose piece. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. I was like, I'm in. It's, um, it's, 
it's going down. And Star Wars too. The Star Wars parody is going to be amazing. Yeah, Star Wars parody would be good. I I got to be honest, it was the least excited of the three because I'm like, everybody does a Star Wars parody. Yeah. Nobody does a Dune, a Logan's Run parody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I've never yeah. watched Logan's Run. Um, oh, you should. It's good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, her her Rick of Rick. Yeah, that's awesome. I think if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Futurama did a Logan's Run parody as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I loved the Dungeons and Dragons one they did. That was so much fun. I read that too. That was great. But didn't they do two or th- two of them? Yeah, they might have. Yeah. I haven't. I got to catch up. I usually buy them in trades here and there if they go on sale. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I. I. Yeah, it makes sense to. Why would you not do fun stuff like that with Rick and Morty? I mean, there's already a TV show for them, so just have them do crazy shit like that. Yeah. More crossovers. Yep. Uh, let's talk about what we read this week. <clears throat> Had quite a bit of stuff. I'm going to start with Gotham City Villains. Um, you know, all I can say is, you know, you got uh, the Penguin, Bird, Cat, Love. This was very on the nose politically. Uh, it doesn't surprise me coming from Danny DeVito. He's a very outspoken uh, um, political person. Won't get into that, but... Um, I thought it was a great for like, I think this is his first comic, right? I don't think he's ever written a comic. I think so. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I, I, I mean, it was very coherent and written. Like it was written like a guy who reads comic books. So now I have to do some digging. If Danny DeVito is a comic book, right? Like reader. Um, and I would kind of be shocked at this point. If anybody in Hollywood wasn't a comic book reader. Yeah. Like, I mean, to go to the shop every week, I doubt a lot of them are doing that, but I got a feeling a lot of them are picking up like stuff just to see what it's all about. Um, and also, I didn't notice this, but there's a Penguin variant cover by Frank Quitely. Yeah. I didn't see that. I got to find that. That's um, delightful. But so, yeah, I mean, all, this, all the stories are good. The Scarecrow story was good. The Mad Hatter story was good. The Killer Moth story is pretty awesome. Um, overall, I mean, if you're a Batman fan, this is a great hundred page giant issue. Um, it was a lot of fun. Which one did Steph do? Oh, uh, yeah. And Stephanie Phillips did the red hood. Uh, the, the red hood one was good with him, like hanging there and the other red hood guys are like beating him up and then they, then they keep the red hood. Okay. I was I was hoping she didn't do Poison Ivy because it's like yeah right. she, she's doing Harley she's done a lot of Poison right, Ivy stuff right. like did you read it or no no I didn't get a chance oh, okay. to yeah she did a Red Hood story it was like these these uh you know the whole story of the Red Hood is like not the not the Batman Red Hood but the the criminal Red Hood yeah um so yeah that was really good uh I read through Injustice versus He Man that was okay Master I mean Injustice versus Masters of the Universe. Um, that was a fun read. I'm actually all caught up on uh, No One Left to Fight. So I read the first trade, and then I read the first couple issues of the uh, of the new run. This book is so good, and it's pretty much Dragon Ball Z. It's they don't even hide it. They no. uh, the first uh, the first volume when they were selling yeah. it, they were selling it as like, "What if Goku retired?" Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's really great. The art is amazing. The story is fantastic. 
and yeah, and I think they go Super Saiyan and talk about like fusing together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's definitely a um it's definitely with with love, you know, it's not a complete ripoff. Um Deathstroke Incorporated number three. This this issue's a man, this this book is actually a lot more fun than I thought. Um there's a villain that like there's a reason Cheetah is like like princess or queen of a castle. And that's because there's this like story writer villain that like if he writes you into a story, then he um um then you like you that's how you get the powers. Like you get your own story like fantasy world. So she's been living in like this fantasy castle. And what Deathstroke does is he gets himself written into the story so he could he could show up there and he basically is like he has this giant like sword and like knight costume and he's like fighting all these like cat knights. It's awesome. And then the villain in the end is revealed that like, there's something about the multiverse. Um, but the something about bringing balance to the multiverse, this book's really good. Uh, Deathstroke's working with a group that he thinks is good, but they're actually bad. So surprise there. Um, really good stuff. Uh, Task Force Z, you talked about this one, number two. Uh, I did like it. I think I liked it more than the more than the first one, like you said. Mm-hmm. Still a good book. Uh, Immortal, is this Immortal Hulk? What the hell is this book called? Hulk. Num- it's just Hulk number one. Hulk number one. Which we're now we're now going to be calling Spaceship Hulk. Um, it's the Smaster Knot. The Smaster Knot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this book was awesome. So what do we have here? Hulk split himself into three, uh, three different parts. Or I, Bruce Banner, I'm sorry, has split himself into three different parts. It's so Bruce has basically found a way to control Hulk. Okay. So like somewhere inside, he's been able to take the the Hulk uh, mind and encapsulate it so that it's like. It's fr- it's frozen in a way, and it can't take control. But now Bruce can actually take control of the body of Hulk. Okay, and that's why, like, throughout it, he's sitting in a captain's chair, like in fucking Star Trek. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um. It's it's awesome, and basically, all everybody he's the point of the issue is he like he's trying to get to the celestial, um the project arc that Stark has again, you know, Stark technology fucking everything up. Yep. Um, he's trying to get to the arc and go. It's, it's going to take him to another universe, I guess. Is that what it's? Yeah. Um, I think it was a different dimension. So yeah, another universe, but basically like he controls how much Hulk power he wants to use by keeping like the Hulk trapped in his mind. And, uh, and like he only cranked it to level one, and there's like ten different levels. Yeah. So they, we almost, yeah. They mentioned this event throughout the book, and I was trying to look it up because I was like, "Did this happen in Immortal Hulk?" Because I haven't finished Immortal Hulk yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and Don even said on Twitter, "Is like this is something that we created. It has nothing to do with the past run." So we're gonna okay. find out more about this event that caused everything. Cool. In the future, awesome yeah. first issue though. Yeah, it's a really good first issue. Um, Magic Order Part Two, Number Two. This uh, this book is crazy. Um, just basically, the the magicians in the family are warring. 
kind of crazy he shows up to like a rival family with his son and says like we're gonna you know create a truce and what he does is he like burns his child alive and he kills uh the the guy the rival kills his child and then they have like this big festival with like their skeletons which is like you like give up your firstborn and that's how you make a truce. It's really messed up. Uh, Mark Miller is a sick bastard. Um, but it's just a lot of magical fighting and, you know, a lot of world building with these, with these different families. It's really good. Um, it's like Harry Potter, but if for HBO, kind of like that TV show they're coming out with, um, it's like Sopranos meets Harry Potter. If I had, uh, describe it beyond the breach. Interesting. This, yeah. This is the final issue. Um, basically wraps everything up they save the day uh and the little the little kid gets brought back to his uh to his grandparents so he gets to um he gets to live happily ever after the world's still messed up so she's gonna go find her sister so they might do it i'm guessing they could leave it for a part two if she goes and finds them um justice incarnate Justice League Incarnate. Uh, yes. Crazy shit going on. Uh, there's a Doctor Multiverse. Um, yeah, I don't really... So, like, Darkseid, you know, promised to people if you... Um, if, you know, you can sacrifice other worlds to save your own, but, all you know, I'm guessing he didn't keep his promise because now he's, like, killing everybody. Um, they pick up their speedster in this issue because they need someone, they need a speedster for their Justice League. Um, and it's, you know, it's Superman from Earth 23. And the interesting thing is we know it's Flashpoint Batman, but it says Batman from Earth Unknown. Yeah. Um, in the book. So that was kind of interesting. Well, because his, uh, he's not from an alternate world. He's from ultimate timeline. So he's like, he's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. He's not like, He's not like in the. Yeah, I don't know. I love like, how this issue like just takes poke at um, Avengers Endgame, though. Oh yeah, it kills. Yeah, they kill all. So like they're on the Earth where it's the DC version of the Avengers, and they kill all. <laughs> Dark side, Dark side's killing them all. Um. Yeah. So. I don't know, what's the overarching thing? There's a lot of crazy shit happening here. Basically, Dark Side. Um is you know the main villain um you have dr multiverse and the flash chase after dark side but also the all of the guys from apocalypse show up um but where are they where do they show up on the ship right they have a ship like yeah. in, in the bleed and that's where apocalypse so like all the all the warriors of apocalypse show up and the heroes are like sitting in the in, in the middle of like the multiverse and the bleed they call it. So there's a fight happening there while some of the other heroes are chasing. Um, they, they've taken the, there's like a crack in the multiverse and what they did, or the, there's a, a crack in the, in the source wall, the source of all energy, whatever. And dark side's trying to get it. So what they do is they move it to another world and Dr. Multiverse and flash are like, shit, we got to go find that world before he does. So now I think this book is just going to be them chasing Darkseid around different multiverses, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I'm down. Uh, and then, yeah, but when they jump, um, the rest of the team doesn't know where they go to. And that's when, right. like, the Apocalypse people show up. So it creates, yep. like, a division between team. Yep. And who shows up? Oh, Ryan shows up. Ryan. Like, I'm taking over this team. Yeah. <laughs> which was Ryan's awesome. Like, yeah. He's like, you guys, you guys need help. 
Uh, and then I watched, and then I read Magic Masters of Metal number one. Um, a lot of heavy magic lore. It focuses on one planeswalker specifically, but it was overall is a good book. Um, I enjoy these stories. I don't know too much about you know the lore of magic, but they're they're good fantasy stories if you're looking for a good fantasy read. Um, and I don't know how much else I read. Let's see, uh, Snow Angels that finally finished. That was really good. Um, uh, uh, it was a good wrap up to the to the series. Um, don't know if they'll ever Jeff Lemire and Jock will be going back to that, but it's a really good story. I think it probably reads better as a completed story. And then uh, All Nighter number three, another oh, comic yeah, that came original. out this week. Yeah, Chip Zdarsky's killing it. Um, yeah, vampires being superheroes and. Um, some shit goes down in this issue, but it was, it's still, it's really good. I mean, if you're not reading those comiXology originals, check them out They're I mean, it's worth the price of admission right there. So, and that's all I had this week. Yeah. So, um, another one from last week, a uh, Thor number 19, another Donny Cates book. This is starting the new, um, story arc called God of Hammers. Um, basically Thor's trying to figure out who, who stole the hammer and like what's going on with it. And then it kind of brings us back to the end of Jason Aaron's run during the war of round war of the realms where, uh, Jane throws the hammer into the sun. And when that happened and Thor was able to retrieve it, it changed, uh, Mjolnir. Okay. And that's why it's kind of like all fucked up right now. Um, there's a lot of really great world building here. Like at one point, uh thor has to go to this uh, arena that's inside the hand of a celestial um a dead celestial but and that's where he finds odin um battling in this arena and so he comes in just kills the guy he's fighting and takes him away (laughs) and uh it ends with uh them going to the dwarves that created the hammer and they go there and are like, okay, well, they have a connection to the, the weapons they make, so mm-hmm. they could probably track it through the universe. Okay. And when they get there, they're all dead. And something happened. The ravens have been killed. It's a, a disaster. And Odin looks at Thor and just goes, you, you know what killed these dwarves, don't you? You can see what happened to them, and they've been bludgeoned to death with a hammer. Oh, damn. And that's kind of how it ends. Is like, oh, shit, like a bad person has Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, dude, Thor's awesome. Daredevil yeah. number 36. The uh, It's the last ever Daredevil book to ever, ever exist. Um, uh, this is just wrapping up Chip's story arc, getting ready for Devil's Reign. Okay. Um, uh, Wilson Fisk gets married in this issue. What the hell? Uh, to Typhoid Mary, which was weird. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, there's also this through line throughout it about um, Electra keeps asking Matt, like, how did you get everyone to forget your identity? Going back to the uh, the Mark Wade run from years back, and he's he tells her, and he says, people could look at old headlines where they talked about me as daredevil they could see old images or whatever and they would just see nothing um and then at the end of the book uh typhoid mary and wilson fisk go to this cabin out in like upstate new york that wilson owns and he finds these old documents and then one of them is a 
folder just says Daredevil's identity and all the pages are blank and he's just saying they're getting real mad over it. Um, awesome way to end the series at this point. I know that we're after Devil's Reign, we're probably getting another Daredevil book, but I'm really looking forward to Devil's Reign uh, next week. And then King of Spies number one, which is another Mark Millar book. Oh. This uh, sets up who our lead character is, and it's basically like a it's James Bond on crack. Like he's the world's greatest uh, spy. He saved the world a million times. He's done all these things. And now he's quote unquote retired and is working for this company, kind of helping with international bullshit. And then we get, uh, we find out that at some point he got married, had a kid, like his kid won't talk to him. So his life is just basically a shell. And, um, when we see him as an old man at first, he's like coughing up blood and his like girlfriend comes over and there's a whole scene that. Yep. And then he realizes like he has some sort of cancer and he has six months to live. And that's when he kind of proclaims, he goes out to the bar and he sees these guys who are giving somebody shit and he proclaims like, I'm going to try to make up for as many things as I did as possible. And uh, everybody better beware because I'm, I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm going to, I know I'm going to hell, but at least I'm going to go to hell knowing I did some good in this world. Okay. And it kills like all these guys. Awesome book. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Nice, nice. Um, he does some cool spy stuff. And then the last book I read was, uh, from like, I don't know, upstart comics. I think it was, it was some weird, like third tier publisher, but it was called animal castle. Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it reads as kind of a sequel to animal farm. Okay. Uh, so we have this uh, this castle after humanity is gone, and you can see the different tiers of uh, the animals. So, like, there's the rooster that's the king. He has his bloodhounds, his guards. Mm-hmm. And our lead character is this cat with two kittens. And her husband had passed away, so she has to go and work the his job for her to give her part to the community and everything. And by the end of the, the book... Uh, the the king's like telling them we have to we have to get we have to give more we have to hold on for winter and everything and then one of the other animals like but we're all starving and we're already on low rations barely able to die or barely able to live and they attack the king and then we find her at the end of the book uh, on the wall pinned up almost Jesus-esque, like, uh, with his, her hands out, but her wings oh, out. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, with a daisy sticking out of her mouth, and her name was Daisy. Okay. And that's kind of how the book ends. It was... It was good. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be the world's biggest Animal Farm fan. I don't think I've read it since, like, ninth grade or whenever we yeah, had to read it. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a cool little sequel to it. Um, and I, I'll read the next one. I think it was awesome. Cool. Awesome. That's all I had this week. Mike, where can people find you on the internet? If I'm at Fortress Ricker on Twitter, where can they find you and or the show? Well, they can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and they can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also at Fortress, FortressOfComicNews.com. Remember, everybody, if you're listening to this, to give us a review on whatever podcast you use, especially on Apple Podcasts, five stars is appreciated. And if you're watching this, to like, subscribe, share, comment down below. And if you want to go the extra mile, Patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. 
Thank you all so much for watching and listening this week. We'll see you all here next week. Bye.